You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro. Well, with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities. David, it's a little bit boring, but I look back at Friday's action and I look at the, no. or the end of last week's action and I see SPA was up around about 11 12%. <laughs> And I look at pick and pay today, as we pre-record this podcast, down about 13 14%. What on earth has happened to the company that you have spoken about many times, about how it has destroyed wealth over the last few years? It really is a really sad story. Well, the news today was that uh, Peter Boehm has is stepping aside, um, and Sean Summers, after a 15-year absence, is coming back to take over as CEO, Sean Summers. So I remember I think, him. Yeah, yeah. So that shaken the market. They also came out with a trading update that was pretty poor. That coincided with the announcement. And if you look at the trading announcement for you know without going into the sale of every uh, pint of milk or uh, sorry liter of milk i have to say or uh, mm-hmm. every chicken or you know banana um to be honest uh, volumes are down and volumes are way below uh, what we're seeing from the other retailers so there are issues there and I think this is the reason that Peter Peter Boone, Boone sorry, has stepped aside or has been uh, shifted aside, and Sean is coming back. Sean um, left. You know, he was a very—I don't want to say aggressive. That's unfair. He was successful. He, I think, he had a good record there, and I'm not—I can't remember why he retired. Whether he had enough, he was tired, or whatever it was. But but, but he's back now. Lindsay, if you think about it, and when you bring a person back who has left 15 years ago, I'm not saying he's not competent, he's not, it's very hard to get the same kind of motivation that you had when he was there 15 years ago. A man who'd come through all the different steps and got to the top, you know, how do you get back to that? And how do you get him back to feel the same way about a business? You know, what's the incentive? What, you know, has he got the drive? And uh, I don't know. It's like bringing Sam Allardyce off the bench, you know, save us. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, but on the positive side, if, if you're an optimist, you say to yourself, well, he knows the company and he'll get straight back into it, even though the company has changed over the last decade plus. But on the other hand, it smacks of desperation to me. It is, and I think that's what the market's picked up. This is a desperate move. This is not a move made out of strength. They haven't identified someone. They haven't built up somebody. You know, that's 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 the worry. Because in other businesses, if you knew SA Breweries, if you knew Bitvest, you know, companies like that have always got someone in the wings that they're, yeah. that they're cultivating, nurturing to take over. Good That's idea. the way yeah. a company should do it. Mm. You know, it should be someone from within that knows the business and so on. 15 years is a long time. It really is. You know, to be out of company 15 years, everything has changed. The country has changed dramatically. So I'm not I'm, – I'm merely reflecting the reservations and fears – of investors, he might turn out to be uh, another uh, Alex Ferguson. You know, I'm using that, or he might he might be able to to really bring them back to where they should be. But whatever it is, the process is going to be slow. 
You know, this is not going to be a, a quick, fast fix. Tell me, well, I'm going to mention another couple of companies. I want you to do what you always do so well, and that's simplify what has happened to Pick and Pay. It's been a tough time for Pick and Pay because Mr. Yeah. Ackerman, who started the, the company in the 50s, and he was a retail visionary, he's died recently. But you have always highlighted, well, recently highlighted, how this thing has fallen in a heap share price wise. Mm. So while yeah. I talk about Calgro, you, you can have a look at the graph now and tell us all exactly what it's done. Calgro today up around about 10% after its trading update. Grindrod shipping up 5%. And I don't know if you've read it yet with the pick and pay story, but it hasn't been pretty. An awful lot of investor money has been- Over the years, yeah. Over the years. Can you give us just an idea without going into decimal points? Well, they, you know, what's happened to uh, pick and pay is if you go back five years, this share price was in the region of, let's call it, 80 rand a share. Okay. Okay. You're now, you're now down to 31 or 32 rand a share. And that's ouch. five years. So you can see that is ouch. And a lot has to do with falling behind the competition. Mm. You know, the, the, the efficiencies, the margins have Margins have been about half of what the competition was. Uh, all the other businesses went the DC route, the distribution you know, centers, um, whereas they went direct. You know, I think they, they, they abandoned that or now trying to get onto it. They've also gone for the boxer market. Now, the boxer market, one of the big strategy moves was for them to go for the uh, lower end of the market. But, Lindsay, when you go for the lower end of the market, that's – You've got to sell double to make the same kind of money. Because of the Cause margins, sell, obviously. Yeah. The margins are lower and the prices are lower. So hmm. um, there's been a lot around pick and pay. And I suppose there are a lot of issues. What what, what concerns me is that you, you I, I haven't been, I look at it almost the same way as you do from a distance. I haven't been involved in the South African market because I feel the underlying uh, economy is too weak to attract me. You know, people are losing money. Sorry, people are not making money. They're not getting richer. Therefore, they're not going to spend more. So I've set my eyes elsewhere, but I keep a watch. You know, I look at, uh, I try to look at what's, what's, what's happening in the market. And what disturbs me is that when we were discussing pick and pay this morning, just in a small meeting, mm-hmm. every person had a, nasty, a negative story. I don't go shop there anymore. You know, that kind of attitude. Uh, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't, you know, just just kept on going. I said, hold on, that's bad. You know, when people when people can't defend the shops, they're shopping, then, then you know, hold on, things are not right. Uh, when everybody talks about checkers or they talk about Woolworths, and they don't talk about pick and pay in the same way that they used to. In other words, you don't get a good experience when you go into the sh- to the uh, shop. Then you know things are have to change. And so it was just going around, you know. And and, and it's not only women that shop; men are very good shoppers as well. I'm a great so, shopper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I'm a shopper of proximity. In other words, I'll go to the one that's closest. But if it's if it's a rubbish shop, and even if it's close, I will go somewhere else. But the point is, David, you mean that horrible phrase, go and kick the tires and have a look what's going on. Yes. If yes. you heard from people this morning in your informal meeting, your brief meeting, and people say, I don't go there anymore because I've had a bad experience. That's mm. the company results in six months' time. Your colleagues haven't been there, and they've got to do that's something right. about that. And that's what Sean Summers has to do. He has to make it more attractive. Maybe they rebrand it. Maybe mm. they do a checkers on, on the thing and upgrade mm. the offering. Mm. But there's something seriously wrong. On the other hand, David, would you put on your Pete Phil Ewan hat rather than your David Shapiro growth hat, which you take off for a moment and say from 80 to 30, it's got hundreds and hundreds of outlets. It can be turned around. Therefore, as a value investor, I must look at it at 31 rand a share or not. I Somewhere down the line, maybe. I It's too early. You know, after spa, after the, these are management issues. And that, this is not, you know, you, you might be able to defend a company like that if the economy is strong, if the underlying economy is strong. Yes, there could be a chance of that. Um, you know, the banks might be in that position where they turn around. But this is management, and management can do a lot of damage. You know, you understand, you know, if yes. we, if Sean comes in and he comes out with a very strong uh, strategy and they start to implement it and you see it being implemented, then you can pick up value. But for the meantime, simply because of what's happening now, the desperation, I'd say, oh, this can go lower. You know, this can be abandoned. Remember, we had the same view with, with MassMart. We kept waiting for MassMart to turn around. We kept waiting for things to get better and they just got worse, worse, to the point where Walmart took them off the market and uh, you know, took them out of the public eye. So, uh, no, you know, from our point of view, uh, we might be hitting a bottom soon. It might be very cheap, but I'm not going to risk other people's money because I don't. Do, I invest other people's money, not mine. You know, to uh, to try gamble on whether this is a turnaround or not. All right. So no retailers for you, whether it be pick and pay, well, Woolworths or whoever, whoever it is. You're, you're not an investor in South Africa, David. And you know what I saw no. over the weekend? I don't want to slam South Africa because there's a chap, his name's Andrew Harding, BBC correspondent who's lived in Africa and based in South Africa mainly for the last 19 years. And he's giving it up. He says he's had enough now of Africa and he's going off to, to Paris to be a correspondent there. He's, he's fluent in French, obviously. And yeah. He said it was so, he was so optimistic when 30 years ago, South Africa became democratic and, and there was, there were so many other countries that sort of followed the lead and South Africa was a powerhouse. And he says, now it's completely reversed. Yeah. You know, there's so many coups, military coups in West Africa and yeah. the South Africa story when with the Zuma debacle and mm. the, and he talked specifically about the worry he had for the EFF, etc., and said that the RAND mm. would collapse if this political party ever gained more prominence. And he went on mm. about it. And I thought to myself, it's really, really sad because he says it's a spectacular mm. country with some great mm. people, but on the other hand, and there was but, but, but all, all the time yeah, yeah. in this thing. And that's probably one of the reasons why you don't invest in the JSC Securities Exchange, local companies. Not exactly, yeah. mm. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm not negative on South Africa. I'm negative on the people that run South Africa. Same thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, mm. it is. It is in a way. I don't look for, I don't, you know, I, that's, that's what's taken it down. And until, like leadership, like they can pay, until you get good leadership, until they can improve the image, I, um, things are going to remain the same. I, I actually saw that article that he wrote. Um, I'm not quite sure where I read it, but it was a very sad. I sent it to you because he was leaving. Uh, did you? Yeah, yes, you did. I, I sent that, but he he was on yeah. a show called Unspun World with John Simpson, yeah. and he, it was about a six or seven yeah. minute interview. And I watched this, and I was actually rather sad by the fact mm. that he said, "I can't be here anymore." Because it's, yeah. it's disappointed me. So much promise, and it's all yeah. been turned around again. And he didn't yeah. specifically say South Africa. He did say, look, it's been 30 years, and they've done nothing. Yeah. It was all to do with, uh, you know, military coups, as I said mm. earlier, in West Africa. And uh, mm. I, I just think, mm. well, this is wrong. David, September was a bad month for, for stock markets, and I'm talking about the markets that you look at, yeah. the NASDAQ, yeah. the Dow Jones, yeah. the S&P, really, yeah. really bad. I think something from, let's call it from just under 4%, to just under 6% down. That was September. Yeah. October is supposed to be a sort of glamorous month for bears. But I don't know this time. Maybe it's all been done in right. September. I think maybe October is going to be a recovery for the first month of the new quarter, the last quarter. I'd, I'd like to see that. Hmm. Uh, we need good news. We need some news. Uh, the worry is, I think the worry, in fact, uh, I was listening to Larry Fink this morning he was on Bloomberg's being interviewed. Mm. And the one point that he brought out, uh, which kind of worried me, and, and it's it, it sits deep in my head, you know, or I don't want to say my heart, is that we don't quite understand what's happened. You know, the world has turned literally the other way, upside down with COVID. Um, everything has been turned upside down. Nothing's the same. And therefore, it's going to, I think we're going to take some time to adjust. And I don't think that central banks pulling levers are necessarily going to fix it. You know, this is, this is a time I think it takes quite an effort. And this just what, what he was trying to say is that the inflation or the high levels of inflation mm. is embedded, kind of are going to hang there for some time. Now, somewhere along the line, you need clever people to take us out of this. You know, you can't just keep interest rates high for longer for various reasons eventually you start to uh it starts to hurt the economy Lindsay, you know what happens in business and sure. and and this is what i'm always worried to explain let's say for example um and i was looking at a company called next era which i like very much it's a it's a company based in florida that's a utility but it's a very clean area they were at the forefront of changes uh, in in alternative energy, they, they you know they're they're probably the largest utility in the U.S. But what happens is that when interest rates get too high, you postpone projects, and you know, because you know the, you you can't get your your proper returns and it becomes difficulty. And the thing is that when you start to postpone or cancel projects, you never come back to them. Do you know what I mean? It takes it takes a momentous effort to take out the old designs and get that momentum going again. And I always worry about that as well. When you push interest rates or when you push an economy to a point where people then 
kind of uh, retract into their shells and start to get defensive about their businesses, that's a worry because then you start a downward spiral. So in other words, people's confidence is knocked by the previous couple of years and Mm. it's a psychological thing as much as an economic Mm. thing. In other words, well, we were going to build this factory. Maybe we should be a little bit more cautious. And that's what really worries me about inflation. Inflation went from nowhere to 10%. Yeah. Let's, let's, I mean, that's a, yeah. a gross yeah. generalization in the developed world. If you're a shop and the price of the goods that you are selling have gone from a five rand to 10 rand, do you bring it back down to five rand? No, of course you don't, because people have got used to the 10 rand. Maybe you bring it yes. down to, to nine or eight and on a monthly special, but you don't do it. So inflation stays higher and that affects the yeah. consumer. And I always think that's rather disrespectful to the consumer that's been so loyal to you. You have these specials once a yeah. month, but on the other hand, it's difficult for you to lower prices. Easy to raise, you can justify it. Yes. Difficult yes. to lower them, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now that you're, you're dead right. That's very, very difficult, unless you're forced to, unless you're going out of business <laughs> and you're forced to start selling goods. You've got excess inventories, excess stocks on your shelf, which is that, you know, which was happening in China. So there you get, you know, the deflationary trend. But what, 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 what I'm trying to get in is exactly your point. Once you delay building that factory, mm. it takes a long time to get that back up again. Things change and everything. And I worry that if we keep rates too high and keep going along this trajectory, that you start to, you know, growth starts to, confidence starts to fall, and it becomes very difficult to incentivize people to do anything. You know, so I, somewhere along the line, you've got to get that balance. I know that inflation is, is the, you know, the be-all and uh, of all evil, but uh, somewhere you can't let it go too far. Um, and and you know, you know, so that's my worry. At the moment, I, you, know, you know, we're not we're not there yet, but I don't want this to persist. You know, I don't want this trend to keep going where people start to become, you know, just, oh, well, and just, you know, very lazy, indolent, whatever you want to call it, mm. and go into survival mode. So I think that's where economics comes in. That's where clever people come in, you know, who can start to, uh, you know, can start to kind of find a balance and a way and a mid, midway through this. Okay, inflation's coming down, you know, to which it is doing right. We don't have to get to 2% immediately. We'll get there, you know, without without killing the economy. So uh, if if if... It's sometimes hard to express your sentiments and what you feel, but I, I get worried when we go on. Trends become entrenched. Trends become entrenched, mm, yes, David. Yes, they really do. Yes. Whether it be a corporate trend, you know, you've got this thing, mm. you've got this blueprint of this new factory, and then suddenly interest rates go from 0.25% to, to 5.25%. You think, wait a second, we can't afford that. We can't leverage anymore. Mm. Uh, mm. So let, let's mm. pull back. And once you pull back, as you quite rightly say, it's not on the table anymore. It's go not, have a look. You, yeah, yeah you're a, you're a, you you watch those commodity prices. Go have a look at them now. Go have a look at the commodity shares. Go have a look at Anglo, uh, the platinum shares. They're mm. going one way. Yeah, and that one way is for me a scary sign. I'm no plat. I'm no commodity bull because of the volatility that you see. But when you start to see a trend like we're seeing even in our market today, for me it's a bit of a worry. Platinum shares have been 
you should be able to score at least two, three, four, whatever. You know, this is Man United. This is not Crystal Palace. And uh, I, I think, and this is the second game, I think that they've lost in front of their home crowd. Now it's, uh, it's, it, it's a worry. Chelsea, we know the same thing. You can see the same thing there happening as well. And uh, big concert. Look, don't worry about Man City. I mean, no, not, nothing. No. <laughs> you know, that, that happens. Uh, they just couldn't fire. I, I was, I'm going to discuss something with you because I Please like do. Haaland. I, I like do too. Him. I really do. He's a lovely young man. I didn't see him. But he does I, that, I David. He disappears yeah, for a while. And suddenly you think, is he playing? He hasn't touched the ball. And then at halftime, mm. they'll come up with the stats and say, he's touched the ball three times in 45, yeah. in 45 minutes. And then suddenly he'll score two goals. That's what he does. He's an impact I player. Know, but, but, he's but, fantastic. But they needed him. Mm. They needed him to be more of that. You know, sometimes that might work when you've got Rodri and you've got De Bruyne and you've got all these chaps. But... It didn't work. And I was saying, yeah. where are you? And that, that worried me a little bit, that 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 uh, he couldn't make that contribution uh, or didn't make that contribution. And you've, they had to score a goal. You know, he missed the De Bruyne score. thing. I mean, okay, yeah. Jack, he and Jack Grealish get mm. on very well together. But without De Bruyne, without Rodri, yeah. uh, Foden also was was a little bit off colour. But they'll come back. They will come back no, and they will win I, the I, league, I unfortunately, that. David. Yeah. Yeah, your Arsenal team no, is okay, that. but no. it's not a city. Arsenal no. is not a city team, a city style team, I'm afraid. No. I do apologize for insulting you. <laughs> you don't have to apologize. I watch them, I can see. You know, they've got, they, they miss Rodri. Yes. I think he's such a powerful force. And, uh, you know, I'm, I must say the other thing as well. I tell you who also worried me was. Uh, was Spurs. They not I watched them battling against the ten men Liverpool side. Nine Liverpool men actually. Were far better with 10. Well at the end, yeah, it was nine. I mean that was ridiculous. But I mean until it was, while it was ten, they were still the better it's side. It's a brand they still new like team. Winning. It's a brand new team. This chap who's a lovely fellow. I watched a great interview yeah, with him. Angie. And yeah. uh, Postacoglu, the, the bubble and squeak from Australia. He's really, yeah. really, a, a really down-to-earth good fella. His, mm. The team that played this time last year is unrecognisable. So it takes a time yeah, to build, like Sean Summers. Yeah, going to have to nah. build, pick and pay again. Postacoglu yeah, has got to do I, the same as Spurs. They shouldn't, you know what they're doing, and mm. this is the Warriors, they start to talk the teams up too early. We saw it with Brighton. Brighton were smothered. Yeah. I mean, I said, where's this Brighton team? You know, destroyed. I mean, yeah. Totally destroyed. I said, okay, you know, maybe, maybe they're not as good as everybody says they are, you know, and uh, I'm just getting a bit concerned. But when I watched Spurs, I said, you know, I yeah, down to tears. Score a bloody goal! Mm. <laughs> yeah. Score! <laughs> yeah, and they right. had to when poor old Matic just dropped his head and in off. You know, I said as as I said to some someone on Twitter, I said, you know, they shouldn't have been celebrating. They should have had a prayer meeting you know, off to the VAR. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. off to the VAR. That, and is, that anyway. was a complete disgrace for and for another discussion. Anyway, David, thank you very much indeed. Great Pleasure. couple of days of football. Couple of days of football coming up with the UEFA Champions League starting tomorrow and the next day. I don't know who Arsenal are playing. You're Arsenal playing. Lens, Lens. Oh, exactly. Okay. 
Yes, and good. then City are playing Leipzig. I don't know any. Are they good Leipzig? Are they? they played them last year. They're rubbish. It's an East European team. I think Timo yeah. Werner plays for them. Do you remember him from Chelsea? Oh yeah. Yeah, he plays for them. Oh, you never know. City okay. may lose for a third time. But anyway, it's, it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to this week. David Shapiro, I'm yeah. also looking forward to speaking to you and Viv Governor on Thursday. <laughs> David Shapiro yeah. is from Sassman Securities. And that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.